Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs play on. And here in Minnesota, we're not only picking up the pieces, we're looking at the jigsaw puzzle. We're shuffling things around. We're analyzing if this actually fits. And then to mix metaphors, we're putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. And we hope to not have another great fall next year. This is Troy. I appreciate you joining me. We're not going anywhere this offseason. We'll be breaking down the wild all season long. We'll be reacting to the news as we go along. Uh, the wild re-signing Marcus Johansson for two years for $4 million. We're just going to cut right to the point on that one. Great deal. Obviously, you wouldn't want to pay three or four for Marcus, uh, but... I think it was a very prudent measure. It was something you could do within the salary cap restraints that the Wilds certainly have put themselves in. And why would you take away Robin from Batman when you look at what Mojo did, uh, what JoJo did for the final, well, I don't know, six weeks after the trade deadline, four weeks with Boldy? Uh, it looked like a different line, and we uh, look forward to that next year. Our apprehension here at Wildman with Troy is we are concerned a little bit about JoJo staying healthy. It was a small sample size uh, this time around. Of course, he played with the Wild a couple of years ago and had three or four injuries along the way in just one season. Um, and then a trend we pointed out toward the end of this season is I think uh, there were like four or five straight games where Marcus ended up in the in the room during a part of the games with um, tic-tac injuries, things he always returned from. But now that he signed for two years, $4 million, we hope we see this version of Marcus Johansson and not the one from a couple years back. Because if we see this one, the playmaker, the speedy, the speedy Johansson, and someone who can uh, create some ice space format, Boldy, we certainly look forward to what that means um, next year. Uh, especially if Boldy can improve a little bit, add a little physicality to his game, something that he we haven't seen from him in the two postseason runs, and uh, which has led really to a, a disappearing act so far. So no more ghosting of uh, Matt Boldy. We hope to see a, a new and improved Boldy in his third season, his second full season in the NHL, and he's still a young player, and that's something that uh, – we look forward to seeing next year. Uh, something that I touched on on a previous podcast about the Wild putting themselves in salary cap hell, which can't be denied. They're operating at 14% less uh, salary than most NHL teams. So obviously that's going to affect your depth a little bit. That That's literally almost a Matt Boldy and a Kirill Kaprizov the Wild could add if they were operating at a one-to-one ratio of salary cap as other teams. So, you know, we can say what it could have, should have, they're not, but yet you have to keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these teams who, you know, largely are operating on a much bigger uh, talent pool than the Wild are. So the Wild aren't victims. They they aren't. Uh, back in, uh, I think it was 2011, uh, when they made this, when they really did send shockwaves through the NHL by signing both Suter and Parise as free agents. Um, and I think they were nine year, 10 year contracts, something crazy like that. Well, now we're paying the piper and, uh, you know, kudos to Billy for identifying that when he first came here. And more important, a tip of the cap to owner Craig Leopold for, for letting Billy do this, realizing that you're going to put your fan base through three or four years of salary cap hell. Folks, we're two years through. We have two left. And in the first two years of that quote salary cap hell, uh, yes, the Wild have made the playoffs, and yes, they've had 100-point seasons. Now, it's going to get a little worse technically for the salaries next year. Another $2 million, uh will be uh, hamstrung for the team. 
but we'll see what happens. Um, maybe they regress to the mean a little bit, or maybe some of the younger players rise to the occasion and continue to uh, excel. When you look at why Billy did this, he did this to get, uh, he won't say it completely, but he did this to get Suter out of the out of the locker room and get younger, you know, kind of get rid of the, the old core, the old school guys, and get a completely new start for, for some of the younger players, especially with Kirill uh, coming here and starting to, uh, you know, become the nucleus of this club. And we applaud that decision. But it was largely based, I guarantee you, that when he went to Craig with his plan, this was largely based on a lot of young talent coming to fruition, maturing, and becoming the new core of this team. Going into this year, the two rookies we talked about the most, without question, Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi. Now, Kalen Addison, actually, we hyped him you know, different players, smaller, a wicked slap shot. But what he meant to the wild or what we thought he'd mean to the wild was what uh, what we saw in a very brief, small sample size with Brock Faber. Um, you know, he had that kind of impact on the blue line. Again, totally different players. So what we saw in Kalen Addison, great slap shot, much like Dumba's before he tore his pectoral muscle muscle a few years ago and hadn't hasn't really recovered as far as a shot since but Kalen Addison was a guy who could play average defense but he was offensive minded and he would be the quarterback of the power play and he would be a guy that could be out there toward the end of the game when the wild are looking to snipe a goal with a six on five instead we saw a very inconsistent performance from Kalen. I'd say the first half of the season offensively, he actually did pretty well. But defensively, he just became too much of a liability for the coaching staff. Now, I'm not going to say whether he was or not. I would have liked to seen him get much more opportunity in the second half of the season rather than him being a healthy scratch for weeks on end and the Wild going with Goose or the Wild going with Merrill. I just think Kalen, yes, he got a bunch of chances here, but the writing the writing was on the wall as long as Dean Evison's the coach. I don't think Addison was going to succeed. Now, we can talk a year or two from now. I need to see more on whether that's partially the coach's problem. We know that Dean loves older, experienced, safer players. But it was, you know, I do think there was a message sent when the Wild fired Tim Army and the entire Des Moines staff. Because the Wild's future, now this sounds silly, because obviously the future is in your prospects, but the Wild's future is really based on the next couple of years of some young, rising superstars coming out of Iowa and up in the NHL, and some current young guys on the roster elevating their games to new levels, and that's largely in part to the coaching and Dean and his team need to work with the younger guys. And Billy needs to bring in new guys down in Des Moines that know what to do with some prospects that are expected not just to be, you know, bottom six forwards, not defensemen that are supposed to make a living on the third line. The Wild need successful coaching in the minor league ranks to survive the salary cap held for the next two years. That's the foundation of how they continue to be competitive and how they get out of this 
within two years. And that's where I really think that's the difference in winning and losing this year. I really think that's the difference in the Wild going on to the second round. Think of if Rossi would have had the season that Boldy did last year if Rossi had that this year. Think of what that would have meant to this team. Rossi probably could have ended up first-line center in between Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Or he might have ended up, if he was performing that way, he, the Wild might not ever have had to trade for Marcus Johansson. And to be honest, Billy would never say this, they never dreamed that Johansson would do to Boldy what he did in March, where he just lit up Boldy to where he scored 12 or 13 goals, including, including two hat-tricks. That's why they got Gus Nyquist. They thought Nyquist was going to be the guy to spark, spark Boldy at the end of the season. But it turned out JoJo was just what Boldy needed. Now, if Marco Rossi would have been there, Eck would have stayed on that third line with Moose, and who knows what would have happened there. So that's Marco Rossi. Think of that. That could have totally transformed this team, and they might be right in the middle of game four with uh, the Seattle Kraken right now. Or they might have won the number one seed. I mean, we're talking two or three game difference between where the Wild ended up and where the Vegas Knights ended up as the number one seed in the Western Conference. That's what's so crazy about the Stanley Cup playoffs. You exit in the first round, and you feel like you're just so far away from success. Yet here the Seattle Kraken are, leading Dallas two games to one, playing game four, and if they hold serve here, they're going to take a three-to-one series lead in the best-of-seven series. We knew the West was wide open. Emotionally, when you get ousted in the first round, you always feel like you're miles away. It's only exacerbated by the fact the Wild lost six, seven first-round playoff series in a row. And then Minnesota fans, as Minnesota fans are wont to do, pretty soon we're whining about Twins losses and the Timberwolves and Vikings. This isn't all the same. Let's talk about the Wild and let's talk about the current team and the current coaching staff and the current GM. That's what we're dealing with here. The fact that the Twins lost to the New York Yankees in 2005 in the playoffs has no impact on the Minnesota Wild right now. Stating the obvious, but yet fans continue to lament about, you know, oh, woe is us, we're never going to win anything in Minnesota. Guess what? We won two World Series in, in uh, 87 and 91. We've won World Championships. That has no impact on the Wild. I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole here, but it, it gets tiring. Let's focus on what matters with the Minnesota Wild. Had Rossi, had Kalen Addison met expectations this year, I guarantee we'd still be playing. I guarantee the Wild would still be playing. And they'd be probably expecting to come out of it and head to the the Western Conference Finals. But, again, in order for this plan to work by Billy to truly work and get them out of the first round, Marco Rossi was going to be a big player this year, and Kalen Addison probably was going to be what Brock Faber is, and that's the heir apparent to Matt Dumba's vacancy when Dumba signs as an unrestricted free agent elsewhere. That's a topic for another podcast, which will be coming soon. Keep following me. I'm on Apple, Spotify. I go to wherever you get your podcast platforms, Instagram, Wild Minute Troy, Twitter, at Farmington Troy. We're talking hockey all summer. We'll keep you in tune with the Minnesota Wild. We'll talk to you.